This is a Federal News Network podcast. It's time for Fed Talk, the live show for feds in the know. From federal agencies to Capitol Hill, the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth bring in experts from across the federal community to bring you inside the issues. Fed Talk is meant to provide general information about legal issues. However, the views expressed in this program are not intended to provide legal counseling. Listeners are cautioned not to rely upon any statements made in resolving legal issues they may face, but instead to consult with their own attorney about specific situations. Attorneys are not engaged in providing legal services while appearing on the program and are not responsible in any manner for the consequences that may stem directly or indirectly from reliance on any statement made during this program. Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk. Today is Friday, May 19th, 2023, and I'm Natalia Castro from Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. May is a special month for federal employees. It kicks off with Public Service Recognition Week, a week dedicated to recognizing public servants across all layers of government. Then we have National Police Week, where organizations, agencies, and Congress dedicate time to honoring fallen law enforcement and advocating those currently in service. It is a jam-packed month for advocacy organizations and nonprofits supporting federal employees. Today, we are checking in with four groups representing federal employees and their interests. Let me start by introducing my guests. First, joining me from both the Professional Managers Association and the National Association of Assistant U.S. Attorneys, or as we call it, NASA, is both organizations' executive director, Chad Hooper, Chad, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much, Natalia. It's nice to be here. Next, we have Larry Cosme, president of the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, or FLEOA. Larry, welcome to Fed Talk, and thanks for joining us. Hey, how are you, Natalia? Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course. And finally, joining us from the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund, or FIA, is Executive Director Robin Kehoe. Welcome, Robin. Thanks, Natalia. Great to be here. So, everyone, um, I know we are all friends here. We, we all talk often, and our organizations are partners in more ways than I can count. But for our listeners who may not be as familiar, I want to give everyone an opportunity to learn a little bit more about your organizations and the members that you represent. So, Chad, um, you wear two hats here today. You're a dedicated, you know, giver to the federal community. Can you tell us a little bit first about the Professional Managers Association? Sure. Um, yeah. So, PMA uh, started about 40 or so years ago, 42, but who's counting, um, uh, by a group of IRS managers. Um, and they advocate right now exclusively on behalf of folks uh, who are not covered by bargaining rights. Uh, they can't be represented by a union over at the Internal Revenue Service. Um, and that includes um, all of our criminal investigators um, and those kinds of special agents, folks who do really important uh, law enforcement work um, for our tax system. Um, but also all of the career management and executive leadership also at the IRS. And Chad, you once worked at the IRS as well, correct? Yeah, that's um, how I got tricked into this line of work. I, yeah, I was a federal manager for uh, about 12 years there. 
Um, and I stepped out uh, when I had the opportunity to lead PMA, um, which then, I guess this is a natural transition to, um, it opened an opportunity for uh, me to join NASA, the National Association of Assistant U.S. Attorneys, last year, also as their um, executive director. Um, at NASA, uh, NASA is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, uh, working on behalf of all career federal prosecutors. Um, and career federal prosecutors are a really diverse bunch, right? We think of folks who prosecute crimes um, in a criminal justice way, but there are also a lot of civil prosecutors um, who are working to protect the federal government in court. Um, we also have a lot of attorney advisors who are working international missions through diplomacy and helping to stabilize um, American interests abroad right now. Even one of our board members is doing that kind of work. So really a fascinating um, group of people at the Department of Justice uh, really dedicated to administering justice for us. Thank you so much, Chad. And hearing about that law enforcement mission that NASA touches on so heavily, their attorneys often work side by side with our federal law enforcement officers and agents on the front line. And Larry, you are the primary representative from FLIOA. Can you tell us a little bit more about that organization? Absolutely. Thank you for having me on again uh, at the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. Uh, it was created in 1977 for the uh, similar reasons to what Chad was describing. Uh, a lot of uh, federal entities uh, like the FBI, DEA, IRS uh, didn't have the opportunity to do to have bargaining rights. So then, uh, therefore, you know, FLEO was created uh, and it started off in 1977 in, in the New York area. It was a, a group of different federal uh, law enforcement officers and agents that had like uh, different groups and it, it came together all as one. Today, it's uh, 32,000 members strong and uh, it's, we are a nonpartisan, uh, non-for-profit organization and uh, representing uh, federal officers from 65 different uh, agencies in the US government. And uh, we basically do a lot of advocacy for the, uh, for the men and women that we represent and we also represent them. Uh, we have our primary uh, bread and butter, as I would say, is representation when there's like an action taken against the officers or agents, uh, whether it's an inve investigatory action uh, from the uh, Office of Inspector General or a, a uh, you know a, a, a investigation that uh, warrants you know, you know like a grand jury investigation, like they have uh, initiated in, in certain instances uh, with all the political ongoings here in the U.S. Or if uh, Capitol Hill calls upon investigators to testify, we represent them too with uh, our attorneys that we have on staff. So it's a pretty uh, pretty multifaceted organization in terms of representation for our members. And we also do uh, legislative advocacy uh, on Capitol Hill on, behalf, on their behalf during uh, Police Week and other times of, you know, throughout the year. Absolutely. Flioa, you will hear their name in every agency, in every congressional office. Everyone knows Flioa. And it really is a testament to the advocacy work that the organization does. And we're going to talk a lot more about that, as well as some of the other ways that you support their members through events um, that, you know, help really refine their member skills and training. Yes. And of course, talking about the federal community, we have to talk about FIA because FIA is really a lifeline for so many public servants. And Robin, as FIA's executive director, can you tell us a little bit more about what that work looks like? I would love to do that. Um, FIA 
So the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund um, was started in 1986, which for those of you who don't want to do the math at home is 37 years ago now. Um, and it was started because there was a recognition that civilian federal employees did not have an organization out there to help them in times of trouble the way that folks in military organizations did. Um, and so FIA is modeled after the military relief agencies, but we help civilian federal employees and their families. And so unlike PMA, NASA, and FLIOA, we are not a membership organization. We help all civilian federal and postal employees wherever they are in the country or around the world. Um, they, can, they can get our services. So we're a charity and we fulfill our mission by providing emergency financial help, um, disaster relief, scholarships, tutoring, and just general useful information to federal employees and their families, again, wherever they are across the country or around the world. Thank you so much, Robin. Uh, I know, of course, our law firm, Shaw Bransford and Roth, is very proud to partner with FIA on a scholarship in the name of our law firm founders. It really is an organization that goes above and beyond to make sure that federal employees across the government are very well supported. We are going to have to wrap up this first segment of our program, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about what is the Public Service Recognition Week and National Police Week and what they mean to each of your organizations and how you're getting involved. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. We'll be right back. Looking for more ways to stay informed on federal news? Every Tuesday, the Fed Manager Newsletter delivers completely free, straightforward news to the federal community. The Fed Manager Newsletter features top news stories affecting the federal workforce, legislative updates impacting pay and benefits, understandable summaries of court decisions written by leading federal employment attorneys, and columns from across the federal community. Subscribe today at FedManager.com. Brought to you by the law firm of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth, serving the federal community for 40 years. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. My name is Natalia Castro from Shaw, Bransford & Roth, and I am here with a panel of guests discussing Public Service Recognition Week, or PSRW, and National Police Week. Joining me from the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association is Larry Cosme from the Professional Managers Association and National Association of Assistant U.S. Attorneys, Chad Hooper, and from the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund, Robin Kehoe. Let's dive right back into our topics for today. You know, it's interesting to me hearing about how all of these organizations started. Um, something Larry just mentioned when we were on break, there's a clear common denominator here. This need for advocacy really in that time in the, in the 1980s when our government was undergoing major transformations and all of these organizations in different places across government saw a need to provide greater support for federal employees, to make sure that federal employees' families are supported, as FIA does, to make sure that they have advocates before Congress and their agencies, as PMA, NASA, and FLIOA do. And I think it's really interesting that the first PSRW, first Public Service Recognition Week, was also right at that time in 1985 with the goal of elevating the value and importance of public service. 
And that need to really ensure the American people understand what their government workers are doing on their behalf, it still exists to this day. And so I want to ask all of my guests here today, when they think about Public Service Recognition Week and Police Week, what does it mean to you and your organization? Robin, can you kick us off? I would love to. Um, you know, PSRW has a, a place near and dear in my heart um, because when I'm out talking to the general public about federal employees and the important work that they do every day for the country, um, it's, it's really hard sometimes to get folks outside the government to recognize all of the different jobs that feds do and all of the important work that we do. And so having the examples that everybody collects during PSRW and shares of the great work that their agencies are doing, that individual people or teams within those agencies are doing, um, really helps to kind of bring that conversation to the public and help them see that, that federal employees are doing almost every job that exists out in the non-government world, um, but the difference is that they're doing it for the benefit of the American people. And so helping people understand that also helps them understand that feds are people too. And they have the same types of challenges with their personal lives and their families and their finances and natural disasters um, that other people do. It's just that they're doing, they're having those challenges while they're doing that important work for their fellow Americans. Absolutely. I really love how you highlighted that you can do any job and be in the federal government. That's something a lot of people do not realize. You can be an engineer, you can be a scientist, you can be a tax analyst, and you can work for the federal government. You might not make quite as much as you would in the private sector, and I know these pay and benefits issues is something we'll talk about, but you can have that type, any type of a career, and if you have the public service motivation, do it on behalf of the American people, and that is so often forgotten. Chad, from the perspective of PMA, what does Public Service Recognition Week mean to you, as well as, you know, with your members at NASA who float between both Public Service Recognition Week and the more Police Week type of recognition? Thank you, Natalia. Yeah, I guess I'll start personally. Um, this time is really personal for me. Um, I talk a lot about in public speaking that I'm a fourth generation civil servant. Um, so my family has been giving time to this nation since before World War II um, in a civil capacity. My grandfather, um, when he returned from Korea, rose through the ranks of the New York City Police Department. Um, I think about that kind of civilian service. Um, we're not, a, although I think we've, we can editorialize on whether we are always a nation at war lately, um, when we think about going to war and protecting our nation from foreign enemies, um, that isn't typically the work of government, right? Protecting um, our nation and our freedom is really the work of the civil service, protecting and defending our constitution is, is a civil task. There is criminal uh, justice and things that we need to do to keep our citizens safe, but that administrative work, the day-to-day -day machinations of government actually is really significant. 
um, although it may seem boring. And giving the human nature, like Robin was just talking about, like giving that human perspective to those stories and all of those jobs that, that you and Robin were just mentioning. Like, I was thinking, you can work in a grocery store for the federal government. Like, that's a job. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's an incredibly diverse workforce, um, and they work really hard, and sometimes for very very little. You know, and and as someone who grew up literally in a federal building, I can assure you, like we were not living high on the hog. Um, you know, when we think about Police Week uh, at NASA, which I, I'd rather focus on, you know, a, a federal prosecutor, any prosecutor, a state, local, tribal, any anyone, um, is not successful. Uh, without their relationship to police, right? Um, all, all prosecution begins with investigative reports and evidence, uh, warrants that are executed by law enforcement officers in the field. My members at NASA and I myself think about them every day. Uh, my members get to sit in an office when a warrant is effectuated and someone is actually risking their lives to protect and defend that constitution. That's not something I, even as a civil servant of the IRS, ever was doing. I was never signing up to risk my life to do that as a civilian the way that a police officer does. Um, and having, anyway, that, that relationship is integral to our success um, and, and maintaining it and supporting it is. Um, and I, so I just, at this time, like I, it makes me very deeply aware and deeply grateful um, and, and, and we at NASA, we, you know, makes us think and reflect just on how we kind of need to, I think, like, evolve the conversation, how we speak about these dedicated civil servants. Um, there are very few people out there who are working for our government and putting their lives on the line. Absolutely. That partnership is so important. And it it is these partners between the, the people with the guns and badges and the people in suits and the people doing the administrative tasks that make the law enforcement and criminal justice mission of the federal government possible. And to speak from that perspective about National Police Week and what it means, Larry, a, a longtime federal law enforcement officer, and now, of course, the president of LIOA. Uh, thank you, Natalia. And, uh, but uh, I got to tell you, I got to I got to uh, give kudos to Robin and Chad. They described uh, PSRW pretty straightforward. And uh, the way I, I view it with P, P, the way I view PSRW and police speak, it's all intertwined because we all we all serve the public and the people. And that's what's so important being a public servant. You know, and in my my situation, I'm a retired public safety officer uh, with the U.S. government. And uh, and proud to represent all of them. They, you know, the men and women in law enforcement do an outstanding job. But I always love to give recognition to those folks. And when I think of PSRW, um, I think of the support staff. I think of the U.S. attorneys that we work with, uh, and the assistant attorneys, and the folks in the U.S. attorney's office, the clerks, the deputy clerks, and all that, and even the folks in the courts. Uh, I think of it's a multifaceted approach. You know, public servants. Like, you know, like Chad described, could be working in any capacity. They could be working in a grocery store. They could be working in, you know, support personnel. They could be working as a clerk. I mean, I have friends that are FBI agents today that they told me they started at the FBI as a mail clerk. I said, and those are great stories to hear, you know, and, and it's great to tell the young men and women, whether they're in college or in, they're at the high school level, that, listen, you you too can be a, uh, a career government employee, whether you're, you're a clerk, a mail clerk, whether you're, you're a support staff at, at the U.S. Attorney's Office or any uh, government entity, 
But moving on to Police Week, I, I think it's a great opportunity to highlight the, uh, the great work that the men and women do uh, and focus on the, you know, the fallen and their families that are left behind. Uh, you know, it's, you know, the Police Week is a tough time of the year for the men and women in law enforcement, but it's also a good time of the year to see that you know, the lawmakers, you know, coming together, recognizing the hard work of the men and women in law enforcement. And that's important to highlight because of all the rhetoric and all the anti, uh, you know, police rhetoric, you know, that has been going on for the last few years, it becomes exhausting and disheartening to the men and women that I represent. So I always tell them that, listen, in my, my, and it's not my opinion, it's, it's something that I've experienced going, traveling throughout the U.S. and giving speeches and whether it's at a university level or a local community level talking about federal law enforcement, the American public is behind you. The vast majority of the American public loves law enforcement, whether you're a local police officer, a county or state officer, and, or you're a federal law enforcement officer, they love you because they tell me all the time. They come, they come up to me, and I think a lot of them I've taken note because of all the rhetoric. They, they specifically come up to me and thank me, and they shake my hand and say, Thank you for what you're doing and thank and thank the men and women that you represent. I said, I always do that all the time. And I want to make sure I highlight that with them because we're having retention and recruitment problems. And so that's something that we've highlighted now during police week. And uh, when I'm talking to other law enforcement officers and trying to meet their families, that's important, you know, that, that I stress that point to them that we, we do care about them. And the, the vast majority of Americans that are not law enforcement officers do care about them. You know, a common theme through all of your discussions is really the importance of informing the public about what's going on. And I think Larry's comments really highlight how much of a two-way street that is. The public needs to know what the job of public servants are, how they're assisting and benefiting the American people. And public servants need to know that the, the country is behind them, that they're getting up and they're taking these risks and they're taking these pay cuts and they're doing this work because they're benefiting the public and the public sees that. And, and that two-way relationship, that recognition is so important for making you know federal employees feel valued and willing to go to work every day. There are so many great events during PSRW and Police Week and throughout the month of May that are used to do exactly that, to highlight what is going on, recognize public servants, and just provide an opportunity for people to come together and to, and to show that support system. Robin, I know FIA does the annual Feds in Motion Challenge, which is a really great way to bring people together, to have some fun. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Feds in Motion? I would love to, Natalia. So Feds in Motion actually is what I think might be for us the, the very most positive thing to come out of the pandemic. Um, we used to have a local 5K that we did here in the DC area. Um, and of course, once the pandemic hit and everyone was at home, uh, we couldn't do that. And so we started to think about what could we do that would help fulfill that, that need. And we decided to do this virtual challenge and to get folks all over the country involved. And I think the best thing about it has been that it's been an event to bring together feds from all across the country, um, competing against each other or with each other on um, teams for their agency or for their, their office. Um, we've seen now over 1,500 people this year 
across the country. Um, and it's also a way to encourage feds to focus on their own health and well-being a little bit, um, to take some time during this month to think about just getting out and moving more, um, doing it with friends, having a good time, making it something that is uh, positive and fun for everyone, and also helping raise money for FIA to continue supporting feds wherever they are and whatever they need. It's really always fun for me to see the photos that people send in from all over the country of them doing the challenges together. I know our firm has had a team in many years. It's really, as you mentioned, a positive way to get feds and their friends involved and engaged um, and also build awareness about the great work that FIA does. You know, I know when people are sending each other the challenge, when they're passing around the booklets that they get, um, it, it raises awareness for FIA about the incredible work that you do, that feds know those resources exist. And of course, from the fundraising aspect, so that you guys can really continue to, to bring those resources to people. Now, for FLIOA, you also dedicate a lot of time and attention during this month and all year long to providing events that are a positive way for law enforcement to come together with their community um, and support each other and enhance each other's skills. And one key way that FLIOA does that is through the 111 Project event. Larry, can you tell us a little bit about the Police Week 111 Project event and what the project is? Absolutely. Uh, this this project basically uh, affords the men and women in law enforcement, both at the federal, state, and local uh, levels, the opportunity to learn control tactics, techniques, and de-escalation tactics. Basically, so it, it's sort of like uh, adding additional tools to their arsenal already that they already have, you know, at the at the disposal. But it also gives them the opportunity to have a greater understanding when you're dealing with the general public, uh, having different air, you know avenues to address. You know confrontations or, or you know obviously every confrontation is a you know not every confrontation is a bad experience but most confrontations when they escalate to a certain level where, where there's you know there's associated violence you know we want the men and women that we represent you know to have those uh tools at their disposal so with the you know we do at the 111 project through sponsors uh, we have plenty of sponsors like the street smarts vr i want to give them a plug because they've been outstanding with us um and uh, and other groups that have, uh, you know, really uh, fed impact, uh, really helped us out. And, and, and even members from Playo have contributed a lot of money to basically launch this uh, Playo 111 project to afford men and women the opportunity to learn these control tactics. So not only did, you know, when I ran for the position that I currently hold at Playo as president of Playo, my focus was the mental health and wellness of the men and women that I lead and represent collectively, we as a group to help them but also to afford them the opportunity to have the physical uh, ability to defend themselves and defend others, you know, the, the folks that they, they protect to defend them in a scenario where if they're attacked, they have, you know, at their disposal, these, uh, you know, tactics, you know, so we partnered up with USA Judo, with the folks uh, from Brazilian, different Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu academies. We've had uh, great instructors that, you know, were flown in from uh, the C4C program and the officer uh, street survival, uh, my friend Rob Magal up in Connecticut. Uh, these are folks that are career law enforcement officers that are trained in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. They know how to defend themselves and they know how to teach folks how to defend themselves and also de-escalate situations. And uh, 
and also uh, Jason Ray, uh, Rayshback out of uh, out of Texas uh, with C4C. Uh, they've done an outstanding job, and, and, and I've assembled a great board for that that uh, uh, arm of uh, Flayo, which is the 111 project. Uh, with Chad Lehman and Dave Balsamo, I want to give those guys a shout out. They've done a great job in helping me out. And, and Kenny Buck, obviously, you know, the guru on the uh, social media for me. But, uh, but it's, it's, it's collective effort amongst uh, volunteers. And it really does a great job of providing a space for law enforcement who maybe don't have the access to those trainings within their agency to yes. learn different de-escalation methods, to learn different control techniques, so they can be more rounded law enforcement professionals. Yes. And that only maximizes the safety of both the public and law enforcement. And so I think especially during Police Week, the event you guys host in D.C., it provides such a great opportunity for law enforcement to come together around that shared uh, you know, appreciation for their community and really better themselves with that, um, that, that, that care for public service in mind and public Absolutely. safety. It's an incredible event and they are, they occur all year round all over the country. The one in DC is just the big police week one. So be on the lookout for a 111 project event near you and be sure to check out the feds in motion challenge. You may or may not have some friends who are already participating who you can jump on their team. We have to stop here for our second break. We'll continue this discussion after a quick word from our sponsors. You're listening to Fed Talk. Looking for more ways to stay informed on federal news? Every Tuesday, the Fed Manager Newsletter delivers completely free, straightforward news to the federal community. The Fed Manager Newsletter features top news stories affecting the federal workforce, legislative updates impacting pay and benefits, understandable summaries of court decisions written by leading federal employment attorneys, and columns from across the federal community. Subscribe today at FedManager.com. Brought to you by the law firm of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth, serving the federal community for 40 years. Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. One team working all three branches. Judicial, legislative, executive. Judicial. SB&R employment attorneys offer specialized legal representation for federal managers. Legislative. Lobbyists in government and public affairs advocating for corporate clients. Executive. Produces two free weekly newsletters, Fed Manager and Fed Agent. Shaw, Bransford, and Roth is your one destination for all three branches of government. Online at shawbransford.com. SB&R. Client-focused. Results-driven. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. I am here with representatives from FIA, PMA, NASA, and FLIOA discussing Public Service Recognition Week and Police Week. To kick it off, I'm going to talk to Larry about some of the awesome events that have been going on all week to recognize and commemorate law enforcement across the country. Larry, I know you've attended a ton of stuff this week. Tell us a little bit about him. Oh, it's absolutely. Uh... Well, I, I attended the uh, replaying by Speaker McCarthy. Uh, he was, he did a replaying on Thursday morning. Uh, he did a bike ride in, and um, as part of the bike ride in with the law enforcement officers that were uh, joining him, he also did a replaying with other lawmake, lawmakers that support uh, law enforcement, and it was a great opportunity for us uh, to hear what the speaker wants to talk about and his uh, vision for law enforcement in, in our country. And uh, I had an opportunity to speak with him briefly and thank him on behalf of the uh, Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, uh, you know, for all the support, you know, that we have from him and his uh, his team. So it was a really great, great opportunity also to honor the fallen and to honor their families that are here 
uh, and, you know, during police week, uh, during this uh, solemn time of the year to, to pay our respects to all of them and those that have passed. And then after that, I, um, the unity tour, the, um, the folks that ride in on their bikes, uh, that raise the two of the majority of the fundraising besides the corporations that contribute to police week, the folks from the unity tour, 3000 strong, uh, cyclists, I pray for them all the time because obviously they do an outstanding job, uh, raising a lot of money and also, uh, training hard to, uh, ride in. And, um, that was on, uh, on Friday afternoon, uh, right there at the Memorial. They all came in by, uh, by, uh, escort from motorcycle, uh, police motorcycles. And it was, a, it was a, I always say that's like the a great highlight to, um, police week because the energy level is so good and it starts to really rev things up for, for what follows that. And that's the candlelight visual, uh, the reading of the names. And I had the opportunity to read names, uh, this year again. And, um, you know, Marshall Ferranto over at the National Law Enforcement Officers uh, Memorial Fund. Uh, they do an outstanding job in their, their team over there. And all the folks that are volunteers on the, uh, the executive board, uh, they do a great job, you know, besides the paid staff. And everyone comes together collectively and, and honors the fallen, which is the primary uh, focus of Police Week and, and those that have paid the ultimate price, uh, you know, for being a law enforcement officer in our country. That candlelight vigil is always such a beautiful event to see, yeah. you know, thousands and thousands of people fill the National Mall, friends, family, supporters of law enforcement. It's such a great opportunity to just stand together. And, you know, to Leo's motto, don't go it alone, it really just embeds that sense of community. I, I had the honor of going a, a few years ago when, um, one of my father's colleagues who was a 9-11 responder with him passed away from cancer. And it was just hearing the names read yes. out, it makes it so real and really connects the whole community to each life and each sacrifice that has been made. It's an incredible event. And if you're ever in the DC area during the time of the candlelight vigil, even if you, you have no connection to law enforcement, I recommend going because it really just makes you feel that sense of recognition and remembrance in a way that is very hard to otherwise achieve. Well, even during, during the candlelight visual, uh, my good friend, Dave Bray, uh, he, he, you know, when they light the candles and he says, everyone, you know, like in singing his song, he sings a song called last call and, and everyone's lighting mm -hmm. their candles. I always take the opportunity because it's such a humbling experience. And it, it, I get teary eyed to be honest with you. I've lost friends in the line of duty. So, and then I, I make it a point to take a picture of that because I think I've shared some of those photos with you and, and just to, cause you see those candles, thousands of candles, like 30,000 candles lit up and, and, and a sea, uh, sea of light that lights up the sky, you know, honoring those folks. And that's, that's important to highlight. Yes. That photo is on the FLIOA social media. So if you're, if you're wondering, if you're wondering what that looks like, you can go see it um, on the FLIOA social media at FLIOA org. Um, and, you know, Larry, one of the things you talked about is that meeting so many lawmakers and agency officials attend these events. And yes. there really is a dual purpose here. One of them is, of course, the commemorating, the remembrance. But at the same time, it's advocating for the current 
and making sure that those current law enforcement officers know that they are supported and that, you know, God forbid they should ever have to make the ultimate sacrifice, that there is a community that stands by them. And a, a key portion of making that support known is the advocacy. And organizations like FLIOA, PMA, and NASA work so hard all year round to advocate on behalf of their members. But PSRW and Police Week are really good at setting the tone of what that advocacy looks like all year long. It's elevating issues during a time when lawmakers are definitely paying attention and then continuing the conversation throughout the entire year. Chad, I wanna turn to you for some of the legislative initiatives that PMA and NASA are supporting really that they like use police a public service recognition week as an opportunity to highlight and then keep the conversation going about all year long. Sure, thanks for this opportunity. I guess like the most prescient issue for us um, is protecting the civil service in the form that we have it. Um, I think as a taxpayer, as an American myself, I want our government to be better. Um, and I think a lot of Americans feel that way, but that doesn't mean dispensing with all of the checks and balances that we have in place so that we don't revert to a system of patronage that existed in the late 18th century. Um, it is really important to have a professional career, apolitical civil service that's filled with people who know how to do their job and not just friends of the party that wins the presidency. That's how our government was structured before the 1900s. Um, it's really hard for us as Americans to conceive of that. And we get frustrated with our government um, because we want it to be more accountable. We want it to be more efficient. We want our services that we receive from it to be better. Um, uh, some parts of our country expect more from law enforcement. Um, we certainly overburden law enforcement. Um, and in doing all of that, what comes out as a suggested policy proposal um, in our frustration is this concept of, well, we should remove like workplace protections from the civil service. We should find a way to make it easier to relieve a civil servant of her position um, through something like in the prior administration that was maybe a reclassification of employees into a Schedule F and, and that, that concept of making civil servants at will um, and eroding what protections exist for even our um, federal siblings who are protected by union contracts. Um, I'm not here to apologize for that or to suggest that everyone is entitled to a federal job at all. I believe, though, that we need to do the hard work of looking at those accountability structures and thinking about how we manage our federal workforce. And we need to do that in a deliberative fashion. And we need to listen to each other. And we need Congress to be a part of that conversation to truly seek a reform. Pulling that easy button of, well, why don't we just fire them all every time there's a president who doesn't like them? Isn't going to serve our country well. It wouldn't serve you well if the IRS if everyone who worked there only liked what the president said, um, it wouldn't in any administration, and it certainly wouldn't serve this country well if every federal prosecutor thought that way. Um, that's that's not the kind of nation we live in, and it's not the it's not our founders' ideal, and it's certainly not mine. Um, we need to we need to really really think about that. 
Um, and so we at PMA, because you know we're, that's an association of federal managers, we're working hard to articulate our vision for that future and what kind of changes could be made even inside of the IRS's leadership structure as it undergoes this historic transformation to kind of think about what that would look like. At NASA, that's a different set of scenarios, right? It's how can we make changes to the carceral state and to criminal justice? How can we reform laws um, to alleviate burden on federal law enforcement, state, local, tribal partners as well, um, and make the administration of justice more efficient and fair and unburdened um, by inequity. Chad, you raise a phenomenal point. You know, normally during public service recognition week and after public service Rec recognition week for several weeks, we see this, uh, you know, it, it, ignited appreciation for the merit system but this year it was just uh less than i think two weeks after public service recognition week that we saw legislation introduced to make all federal employees at will as you mentioned and i think for a lot of federal partners that is really scary because we know why we have the government that we have today with the protections we have today. Um, I will recommend our audience read, you know, Chad mentioned an op-ed that was published in GovExec. There's no easy button to modernize the civil service. It highlights a lot of these points that Chad mentioned, encouraging, uh, it was by a coalition of authors, correct, Chad? Yes, yeah. Um, and it, what it, Chad's organization included really advocating for a whole scale relook at the federal accountability system as opposed to something that just makes all federal workers at will. It's a really great piece. We are going to talk a lot more about some of the legislative initiatives that are being pursued in order to support our federal law enforcement and federal employees generally right after our final break. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. Looking for more ways to stay informed on federal news? Every Tuesday, the Fed Manager Newsletter delivers completely free, straightforward news to the federal community. The Fed Manager Newsletter features top news stories affecting the federal workforce, legislative updates impacting pay and benefits, understandable summaries of court decisions written by leading federal employment attorneys, and columns from across the federal community. Subscribe today at FedManager.com. Brought to you by the law firm of Shaw, Bransford & Roth, serving the federal community for 40 years. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Network. We are entering the last segment of our show. Let's dive right in by continuing the conversation about legislative priorities and initiatives that are highlighted during Police Week and Public Service Recognition Week in order to really make sure feds know uh, that they have the support out there and that they have advocates fighting on their behalf. Larry, there has been a lot of, of legislation introduced over the last week. Can you tell us about some of these initiatives and why they're important to FLIOA? Well, they are, they are important because obviously with every, every organization, everyone has their budgets and uh, we need to sustain those to, in order to have the adequate amount of personnel to carry out the mission that they're, they're, uh, you know, they're focused on, uh, whether it's the Drug Enforcement Administration, whether it's a uh, any homeland security component dealing with uh, interior issues or border issues or, or international arrivals, uh, seaport, land or air, you know, those are things that they need to be budgeted for. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of great things going on. I mean, one of the primary ones now we have the, uh, what's the uh, Federal Weapons Service uh, Gun Buyback Program where basically those active officers in, in any department in the U.S. Uh, government can buy back 
the recycled service weapon, and therefore it's actually a money maker for the U.S. government because it brings back money. Uh, we're estimated where it could bring back back as, as high as eighteen million dollars uh, with those programs. When different departments they recycle their weapons at, at every every uh, so often. So this is one of the things that we uh, collectively put together and, and wrote uh, and proposed to Congress that would be a great uh, thing, you know, a, a great tool for the uh, the officers and agents to have the opportunity that are actively still employed to purchase their weapons and. Um, and also, it's sort of like a commemorative thing, you know, because people look at it, oh, well, it's a weapon. But listen, it's a commemorative thing, sort of like their, their badge and their credentials. And um, it, it, it's, these are programs that were fashioned similar to what's already going on at the state and local level. Um, and then you also have the Power Act. This act supports, uh, you know, basically a new grant program from the Department of Justice, uh, with specific purpose of providing funds to state, local, and tribal uh, and territorial uh, law enforcement organizations to obtain high-tech equipment to um, detect the chemical components and screening uh, during the fentanyl situation uh, investigations that we have here in the United States. And that's an important, uh, you know, part of that. Uh, you want well, to and I know in that situation, accidental exposure can be very dangerous. And so having the yes. technology to identify fentanyl before, you know, an officer is accidentally exposed, that that is very important. Absolutely, with our partners, because uh, we do we do collaborate with the state and local uh, officers and, and tribal uh, law enforcement organizations. So it's important that they have the devices too, because sometimes, like, mm -hmm. it could be a tribal uh, law enforcement organization or a, a local entity that contacts the feds, like you were, you were talking about earlier in the earlier segment, and we respond to that location. And then before you know it, you know they're exposed, and then the feds that federal law enforcement officers that are uh, arriving on the scene, they're exposed to and. And no one knows what's going on, but with these devices, with the, you know, with the uh, Power Act, uh, it gives the uh, gives them the electronic resources in order that, for them to carry out the mission and also protect themselves. We have to protect the federal workforce. You know, um, that's an important part of, uh, you know, us representing the men and women that we represent. It's their protections also from any uh, medical situation or exposure to uh, some chemical that could be deadly. Absolutely. Chad, I know for your organization, you also represent law enforcement. And so some of these bills that, you know, serve to better protect local communities, protect the law enforcement officers and agents, and really fortify the law enforcement response across all levels of government. Those are also impactful for your members um, coming from NASA, the National Association of Assistant U.S. Attorneys. Of course, yeah. And, you know, things like the Power Act are, are, are wonderful starts, uh, you know, to help us uh, with this fentanyl crisis. NOS has been very vocal about that. We also think, though, you know, giving, uh, giving law enforcement tools uh, to identify fentanyl and fentanyl analogs in the field, absolutely critical to getting that off the street right now. Also, um, we at NASA strongly support the Halt Fentanyl Act in getting that drug rescheduled um, so that our members at NASA can do their job um, to make sure that fentanyl and those like analog opiates that get designed um, off schedule two, you know, so that we can do something about that. Um, I, you know, we also would like to see Congress maybe put more money behind this. That technology is very important that Larry was talking about. It's also extremely expensive. Um, and I think the current legislation would maybe fund 400 or so 
of those testing apparatuses as like the FDA wants each department to have three different kinds of technology. Um, and 400 is certainly a start, but there are 15,000 or more different state and local police departments. Um, you know, and then when we think about doing those kinds of investments um, at the local level, certainly um, we, we support that and we certainly want um, our brothers and sisters throughout the Department of Justice to have access to things like de-escalation training and mental health care. We would just like to see um, an Invest to Protect Act, like a next step after this, um, maybe something a little bolder, like a, like a mental health copay waiver amendment to the Affordable Care Act for first responders and um, people who work in medical examiner offices. Yeah, Chad, it, hearing you guys both talk about the, the ways that you approach these issues, it brings me back to what we discussed in the first segment about how, you know, the federal law enforcement mission, the federal government, the entire workforce's mission relies on each and every actor working together at different steps in the process, from the local law enforcement who first identifies the issue and refers it to federal law enforcement, to the law enforcement partners who work alongside them in detecting these drugs, to the federal prosecutors who bring the case to conviction. It is so critical um, to have everyone working together and have the resources that they need to be successful. And that also includes, as Larry mentioned, the the support staff, um, that they're also protected and part of this mission. It, it is so important, and I'm glad that we were able to highlight some of these legislative initiatives that move the needle and help us identify what next steps are needed so we can continue moving in the right direction for public safety and for the American people. Your organizations have been so committed to this work for the last 40 years, um, today, this month. And it's also a project that goes far into the future. Uh, it does not end here. So I wanna give each of you an opportunity to talk about how you're keeping these conversations going all year long. Robin, I wanna start with you. FIA does so much all year long to support federal employees and their families. Can you highlight that for us? Sure, we talked a little bit about it earlier, right? We have emergency financial assistance, college scholarships, disaster relief, tutoring, and other programs that appeal to feds and their families. Um, I think for us, the, the thing that kind of keeps us going throughout the year is really our emergency hardship loan program. Um, and that program helps federal employees when they're having a personal financial emergency due to things beyond their control. Um, very often, it's a serious illness of themselves or a family member where they've had leave without pay to care for someone or to recover themselves from an illness. And so this program then helps them by paying um, for a basic living need, like paying their rent or their mortgage for a month, paying their utility bill for a month. And then the employee pays us back through payroll allotment, no interest added. So they borrow $1,000, they pay back just $1,000. Um, and it's it's meant as a safety net with the realization that bad things happen to good people every day all year long. And so that's that's what we're trying to do is to be that basic safety net to help feds manage those crises in their own lives so that they can stay focused on their work mission of serving the American public. 
Um, it's really hard to pay attention to the work in front of you at your at your desk at work if you're concerned that the lights aren't going to be on when your kids get home from school. Um, yep. And so this is this is really about providing that sort of basic safety net again because feds are people too and they suffer from the same types of crises that other people across the country are suffering from every day. Robin, that's incredible. As you mentioned, feds are people too. I think it really comes down to that and making sure that they have the resources they need in their home life so that they can go to work and, and have that type of psychological safety to be able to do their work and to do it well. Be is such an incredible organization for the way that you provide those resources. And I know all of us are incredibly grateful for what your organization does for the federal community. Chad, looking to PMA and NASA, um, I know you guys do a lot of professional development work. Um, you really do a lot of advocacy. What are some of the ways that you keep this energy from PSRW and Police Week going all year long? Thanks. Yeah. Um, I, I, fortunately, some of this is built in for us at PMA. And now the IRS is working very hard to transform. Um, and if anyone out there or anyone on the panel would like to help transform the IRS, I, we're hiring. So thank you, Larry. I, I will see you. Um, Larry, raise his hand for the listeners. And I, I'll see you after the call. Just bring your resume and we're ready to onboard you. Um, <laughs> not, not for work. I have suggestions. <laughs> no, that's great. We're, we're, and we're listening. They'll take so, it. <laughs> um, you know, at, um, and, and so that work really is focused right now on just making sure we get it as right as we can get it. Um, there's, there's been a lot of planning and we've been waiting for the safe for a very long time. And we're very excited to be able to make those changes. Um, at NASA, um, you know, at NASA, there's just, there's so much advocacy and change. Like this, having this 30 year anniversary at this time uh, is, is just wonderful for us. You know, we were founded around the single pay issue. Uh, federal prosecutors are compensated in a very unique way and it results in them being very underpaid, unfortunately. Um, we're using this time to re-engage our membership on that issue and explore new ways to engage Congress on how to fix this issue. Um, but there are just so many very peculiar problems that occur in this space. Um, I think about the safety and privacy concerns of federal law enforcement officers and also career federal prosecutors. Um, think about somebody who's trying like a terrorist or a mobster. Um, you can just look up their home address online. Um, our members should have a way to remove themselves from the internet, like those kinds of privacy protections that federal judges enjoy. Federal civil servants and law enforcement officers should enjoy those similar privacy protections. Um, you know, we also, we advocate really strongly for things like premium conversion, uh, a retired public safety officer can pay their uh, health benefits pre-tax thanks to the 2006 Pension Reform Act, but that didn't fix the problem for everyone. There are plenty of law enforcement officers who maybe they got hurt um, and that caused them to leave their LEO series in the federal government and they got a different job. Maybe they did that job for a long time and then they retired in a civilian role. So they didn't retire as a PSO and under the tax code, that means they don't benefit from that premium conversion as it's currently written. 
So we are advocating just for all federal retirees to have that premium conversion because it's cleaner. It's a way to ensure that veterans are treated that way, teachers are treated that way, and anyone who served in a law enforcement capacity is treated that way. Um, so those are there are just so many things to organize around. And and then well, the most thing I'm thing I'm most excited to talk about is just recruiting the next generation of the workforce at all of these places. Um, where we really do need to change how we speak about law enforcement as a career and uh, becoming a prosecutor as a career. Uh, we at NASA this year um, introduced a new student level and aspiring level of membership to uh, allow us to grow into a community of people who are curious about what it means to work at the Department of Justice. Um, and allows us to find members who have a compelling story um, to share that with law students um, and anyone who's interested in coming to work for the department. And I think that the more that we can get folks out, um, particularly folks who just look like everyone else, um, and to talk about it where they're not hearing about federal service from what they think is like some like, you know, <laughs> fed G-man in a suit with like an FBI tie to yell at them. Like, I think that that makes our public service more accessible to people and that really breaks down barriers and, and and trying to do that kind of community work. That's really where NASA's energy is focused this year and we're very excited about that. We're very excited to see what's ahead. It does sound like a lot of great initiatives. Larry, can you very briefly tell us just what is next on the list for FLIOA? Well, our primary focus on our legislative priorities, one of the ones that are near and dear to my heart because affects the men and women I represent is the Law Enforcement Equity Act. And this bill would basically, in essence, amend uh, the definition of law enforcement officer for retirement purposes and, and afford those law enforcement officers that are uh, in uh, public service at the federal level the opportunity for law, the LEO, the law enforcement retirement uh, benefit uh, that currently do not receive it. And that's important to us. And, and another piece of legisl uh, legislation that we're going to be pushing forward is to ensure that all federal law enforcement officers receive their full compensation. So that way, when I talk to even some folks on the Hill, they, they're not even aware of that, that there's federal law enforcement officers that are at a pay cap. And then what happens, they could be working an, an exorbitant amount of hours, whether they're working protection to protect the justices of the Supreme Court or the, the Secret Service agents that I represent. Uh, you know, we represent at LEOA protecting the president and the vice president and other dignitaries and other heads of, uh, you know, heads of state at, during uh, major events like the, at the UN. You know, they need to be fully compensated at the appropriate rate, just like the, the prosecutor should be. And uh, we talked about that years ago, Chad, uh, about even bringing in prosecutors under, uh, you know, that Leo, that Leo does a defined, uh, you know, benefit for, for uh, you know, pension purposes. But this is something that we need to bring forward and make sure that the men and women that we represent are, are compensated appropriately because, you uh, you know, the federal law enforcement workforce is FLSA, FLSA uh, Fair Labor Standards Act exempt, and therefore they can't take any uh, action, you know, in the courts to be appropriately compensated. So this is something that needs to be addressed in order for them to retain quality personnel in the U.S. government. Absolutely. And that is why organizations like FLIOA exist to advocate on behalf of their members. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today's show. Robin, Larry, Chad, thank you so much for joining me today. I recommend all of our listeners learn more about the great programs offered by FIA, FLIOA, NASA, and PMA. They're truly spectacular and really doing the hard work to support our federal community. And I would like to thank all of you for listening today. Fed Talk is brought to you by the federal employment law firm of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. Have a great weekend.